A changing of the political guard may be underway tonight. Manx Radio's exit polls indicate a number of established former Tinwater members may... Twelve new faces. The first results in the 2016 general election have been declared. And more than a century of political experience lost at a stroke. The wind of change has blown through Manx politics. The biggest shake-up in our parliament since 1976. The Isle of Man has decided who will represent them over the next five years. Those were the sounds of some of Manx Radio's election night coverage back in 2016. Welcome to Youth in Election, where I, Archibald Allett, and I, Oliver Sykes, take you through our findings on youth engagement ahead of this year's general election. We thought a good first point of call would be to compare our statistics with that of a similar survey conducted in 2018 by William King, and see how the numbers differed. Our survey showed that only 29% of sick formers could name both of their MHKs, and 52% not a single one. Only 49% said they would vote, with 28% unsure. And out of those intending to vote, 74% said they weren't adequately informed. We asked William what his findings were. Well, I had over 250 responses, and I found out that 22% of those people could name both of their MHKs. 24, nearly 25% could name one of their MHKs and just over half couldn't name either of their constituency MHKs. One in three could name the Chief Minister and most people knew the names of the UK Prime Minister and US President. Yeah, that's quite interesting, especially on that first part. We've had quite similar responses then on the knowledge of MHKs. So that's obviously remained quite consistent over the past couple of years. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think that surprises me very much. I think in the pandemic, we have seen more of politicians in the public eye. And when I say seen, I literally mean they have been visualised. We've had all of these press conferences streamed for the first time, really. Most people have been able to watch Manx politics unfolding. And I think the constituency MHKs, whilst they've continued to do their important work in the House of Keys in Timwood, they haven't benefited from that same exposure. Well, I suppose we definitely saw that in the chief minister results because we had about 83% of our respondents could name the chief minister. So it's, so it's definitely increased because of, because of the COVID conferences. Exactly. And I think whether you like them or not, Covid conferences have been important. They've been essential viewing or listening. They've been broadcast on Manx Radio as well, don't forget. And I think people have actually quite enjoyed for a part seeing their politicians um, in in the flesh. Not in the flesh, but they've enjoyed actually seeing the chief minister, the health minister, the important people, and knowing that they're being looked after at a difficult time. So would you say this may be important to continue with youth engagement? It's interesting talking about youth engagement. I think one of the things I'm I'm keen to point out is that I think even with the press conferences, I'm not sure the politicians are exactly speaking to the young people still at the minute. I think they're they're saying what they're saying and some of it's impacting young people, whether it's border restrictions, the fact that most young people remain unvaccinated. But I think most of the time the politicians are talking to the adults. But because it's important information, the young people are listening too. I think there's still a line that needs to be crossed where policy and what the politicians are actually saying is directed to young people. I think at the minute we're getting that through the media, the likes of Jeff the Mongoose. Whether you like the cartoons or not, they've broadened the reach of Manx politics and I think we need a bit of that coming from the top now. 
So from our survey in 2021, we found out that uh, 74% of the young people that have been surveyed have said that they don't feel informed to vote. So do you think that the government needs to put more political education in as you compare the results from 2018 to 2021? I asked a similar question back in 2018, by the way, and my answer was, so So the question was, do you plan to use your vote in the 2021 general election? 56% said yes. And then, if yes, would you feel well informed when making a decision? The answer was about of a 52% no. Ah, so we've turned out with a lot of voters who are less informed, not that much difference maybe in those who intend to vote, only a few percent there, but we have 74% who said they didn't feel informed enough to vote if they did want to vote. So there's been a lot of an information gap over the past few years, would you agree? It's all very interesting. I I think certainly with would you feel well informed or making a decision, I don't know what to put that down to. I'm quite surprised to hear that that's fallen. Um, But also, there's an argument that we've really had one topic dominating the news. So if what you want to vote for a politician on is where they stand on the climate situation, on economic recovery, on mental health situations, and when you're looking at the current keys, they've had to focus on 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 COVID-19, I think perhaps there's an argument for saying that, yes, in more recent years, we've, we've understood less of where they stand on some issues. That was William King there, discussing some of his findings back in 2018 and some of the impacts COVID has had on our political knowledge. It did surprise me that the amount of youth which felt well-informed enough to vote had radically shifted from 2018. But then I suppose, Archibald, there's been a lack of events to engage the youth due to COVID, such as Junior Timwald. Well, we spoke to Tanya Storgis Hansen, a member of the Legislative Council, to find out what happened to her original proposal to form a more frequent youth parliament. Literally just disappeared. It just disappeared into the other year on year and um, the organisers just didn't really bring it about oh we'll do it next year we'll do it next year and it just didn't happen i really do feel like that this is probably one of the most important things um that we need to bring about and it's just a ball that's been dropped and it needs to be picked back up again and moved along so do you think the youth already have sufficient political knowledge to engage with uh, a youth parliament or do you think that more political education is necessary I think both. I think that there are some individuals that are very, very well informed um, and there are others that aren't. Um, And I think that you kind of need to um, tailor to to both the approach to both. I think that's very, very important. Mm -hmm. I think that the education definitely needs to be there and the engagement actually needs to be there in terms of making it interesting. So previously to being an MLC, I understand you were a broadcast journalist here at Manx Radio. Yeah. Um, So do you think the media currently does enough to engage the youth? No. (laughs) In honesty, absolutely not. No. Um, But I don't think in any area we do enough to to engage the youth. I mean, look at um, Tim Wald's, you know, uh, Laurie is a few months younger than me. We're in our 30s. Um, that's not representative. Really, we should have people that are in Timwald that are like, you know, 18 years old in Keys, say, for example, or 21 plus in Legco. But there just isn't that appetite for that. And you have to ask yourself, like, why? Why is there no appetite for that? And that's a question that nobody really wants to respond to. Um, you have pockets of people that are interested. So engage them, do something with them and give them opportunity. That was Tanya August Hansen there speaking about the youth parliament and how she felt the media wasn't doing enough to engage the youth. 
It appears quite a shame that the plans for the youth parliament push back into the other, so maybe in future years this will hopefully be an opportunity for young people that is properly put into place. We thought it would then be a good idea to speak to someone in the media, to put the question to them if enough was being done to engage the youth. We spoke to Andy Wint, a Manx radio presenter of The Man in Line that gets out and about to the island's schools to engage sick farmers with current affairs. We asked him if the media had done enough to engage the youth ahead of this year's election. It's a two-way process, really. Uh, the electorate has to want to know about it. So uh, I would say the media's done... Well, certainly, obviously, speaking from as far as I'm concerned, I think Manx Radio has done an awful lot to put things out there because we have to tread a fine line between some people who say, look, we know all this, this is boring, and other people who don't know about it uh, and are engaged in it, and other people who just say, I couldn't care less anyway. So I think, I mean, in terms of Manx Radio, I think we've done enough. Uh, I've not seen that much in the newspapers. I read the newspapers all the time. Um, uh, And online, well, obviously, it's a bit of a bear pit. Well, in, in that sense, you, uh, I've been on Manline on location a couple of times. Uh, what would you, you, obviously you go around all of the island six form, what would you then make of students' political knowledge, the level of political knowledge? I think it's good. I think, uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in an adolescent mind and a teenage mind, and sometimes politics won't be at the forefront. So I think um, young people on the Isle of Man do take notice of, first of all, the issues that are around the Isle of Man, and they do know lots of the personalities. They may not know, and again, often people inside politics think that everybody should know everything about politics, and some of the politicians obviously live and breathe it 168 hours a week, and they think everybody should know everything. On balance, I think young people know are, are, are well informed, well, certainly the ones we talk to. So would you say there's any school in particular on the island which you feel there is a greater amount of political understanding? Well, of course, I'd say Castle Russian uh, High School was uh, was was the, the best, but uh, I'd be completely uh, lying then uh, because I'm facing Archie. Uh, but having <laughs> said, uh, Castle Russian's good. Uh, of all of the schools, well, let me put it the other way around. Not one sticks out as being ambivalent or uncaring. Uh, Balakamine, but Balakamine's feisty anyway. People at Balakamine have always got opinions. Uh, it's that sort of school. Uh, everywhere, St Ninian's, fine. Ramsey Grammar School have always got opinions. QE2 know their stuff as well. Castle Russian High School. Obviously, KWC has a more international uh, outlook because they have more international students. That was Andy Wint there, being very diplomatic at the end, speaking about how he thought the island's youth were informed about politics. While speaking about the youth, we felt it was important to take their views on how they felt they were being engaged, and also the impact of social media on how political views form. So Archibald got dispatched down to Castleton High School to speak to Thomas and Emily. So Thomas, obviously the general elections are coming up uh, later this year on September the 23rd. Are you going to vote in the general election? Yes, I will. I think it's important to vote, you know, um, these people are going to be making decisions for me in the future. It's important for me to, to have someone who can represent me and my views. So for that reason, yes, I will be voting. Do you feel you've had enough political education? Are you informed enough to go out and vote yet? I think I've not been given any political education. Everything you have to find out yourself. And whilst that may stop some people from voting, I think it is easy to access things that if you were willing to go and find out about your candidate, it's easy to do that. But some people might be unaware of that and I think that is a problem 
especially on the Isle of Man, where it is very local. So would you say it would be a good idea to then maybe have politics lessons within schools, but maybe just about voting or even just an introductory session maybe before the election? I can't speak for all schools, but um, at Castle Russian we have a life skills lesson, so perhaps information on a general election, voting, politics would be uh, a good thing to have there. Emily, obviously 2020 has been a very big rise of social media activism. I think it was called the apocalypse of social media (laughs) activism. Do you think it's got youth more engaged within politics? Yeah, I think um, platforms have the opportunity to spread big messages. And obviously because students use social media very regularly, um, I think it's getting a lot more people aware of what's happening around them in the world and subsequently politics. Well, has it at all maybe increased your engagement or made you want to engage more within our Manx political system within the general election coming up? Uh, I definitely think so. I mean, I was already, as soon as I turned 16, I knew I wanted to vote. I knew I wanted to get my message across um, through who I vote for and what I stand for. But I think the rise in social media activism has definitely made me aware of more topics that I care about that I probably wouldn't have been beforehand. Young people obviously use social media a lot, so how do you feel that Manx politicians engage with it? I feel Manx politicians at the moment are almost separated from the rest of society. I don't see them so much having a social media presence. I see Facebook pages, but I think they need to work on using Instagram and using attractive um, graphics. So you've not necessarily felt so engaged by politicians over the, the last five years? Absolutely not. I mean, you see... Facebook posts announcing who's running but apart from that you don't really feel as if they're part of the community so much. It feels like they're sort of out there and somewhere else. That was Thomas and Emily there speaking about how they felt more could be done to engage them on politics and how social media is having an impact on how politics is being discussed. They mentioned there that more could be done to educate the youth on politics so we spoke to Joel Smith from the Department of Education to see what was being done to engage the youth from the department side ahead of the election. We asked him what was currently being done. In coordination with the Cabinet Office and the uh, Timwell Chambers um, created a, a guide for, for would-be voters, first-time voters, young voters on the island. Um, it's called The Island's Future. Uh, we've circulated that for a few months now. And it gives all sorts of information about the way the election works, why young people should participate, how the constituencies work, the, the, the electoral system, and indeed links on, on how to, to register uh, to vote in September. Well, the department sent out something similar to secondary schools in 2016 yet we didn't see an increase in youth voter turnout but rather a decrease from 54.1% in 2011 to only 46.2% in 2016. So would you say the leaflets had much impact on changing youth voting? Well I think in terms of 2016 there was an overall decrease in turnout of young people but there were uh, certain areas of the island where there was a higher turnout in the north for example and that was encouraging. We have gone beyond just the voting guide this year. There is a a course on, on the department's learning platform Platform, again about the, the Tinwald elections. So why do you think that 74.5% of the youth that have been surveyed aged 16 to 18 don't feel adequately informed to vote? Yeah, it's tough really. I think uh, young people uh, access issues through different channels. The key to engaging young people is through the channels that they access, whether that's social media, posting things on YouTube. Has the department been using these the channels you mentioned to engage with young people? Like I said, we, we've got social media channels. It's an area the department wants to expand in. We've, we've got a new strategic plan that, that went through Tinwald uh, just this month. 
And part of that plan is to open ourselves up a little bit more and use the channels that perhaps um, government hasn't always been quick to use for various reasons to do with data protection and basically a lack of understanding, I think, of, of the, the channels that are out there. So uh, could political awareness be improved within schools? I think it could. I, I think, um, like I said, the issues are there uh, that young people are exercised about. I think uh, it wouldn't necessarily be the uh, a one-off day or it should be something that interweaves its way through the curriculum from when a child is uh, quite young through through secondary school and then through perhaps sixth form when they when they do become part of the electorate and that's something we'll continue to work on it you, know, you mentioned before it's the department's more to provide that base level of political knowledge but obviously over the past few years Oliver and I have both been through the school system we've not re- not received any sort of political education so has there been maybe a lacking ahead of this general election to properly educate the youth to provide that baseline? Our statutory duty is to provide a broad and balanced education, a broad and balanced curriculum, uh, which has a lot of different elements to it. And within that, um, schools have the autonomy to to devise their own their own curricular paths. Um, but surely under that broad and balanced education policy, uh, policies, or at least awareness of how to vote, etc., should should be included and many of our peers we've had through our survey have said they don't they've not received any sort of information of how to register to vote and most of them didn't even know they they really could so is that maybe a, a lacking on, or maybe not on the delivery side of the proposals uh well again the, the the responsibility of getting people out to vote isn't necessarily something which um is wholly down to schools um schools are a, an important part of a young person's life uh, the, the the curriculum um, teaches a wide range of uh, of knowledge and skills. Um, you're probably right. Actually, teaching someone how to uh, you know look at a manifesto, a, a mandate, uh, walk up to a polling station, put a cross in a box probably probably isn't there at the moment actually. And you might have identified a a, a gap. And again, we're we're really open on behalf of our schools to to help our schools move into that space. But certainly, like I said before, we we would never seek to prescribe exactly what schools do. That's not what we're about. That was Joel Smith from the Department of Education. At the end, he agreed that maybe there is an information gap on how students are being educated on politics. Joel mentions a booklet and an online platform. From people I've spoken to, there doesn't seem to be much awareness of these existing. So maybe more could be done. I can say I've certainly heard the same. As we near the end of our programme on youth engagement, we thought it might be apt to put our questions to someone who the youth all now seemingly know, the Chief Minister for the past five years, Howard Quayle. We asked if he was at all engaged with island politics when he was at a voting age. I always voted. I always thought it was incredibly important. I had a number of great uncles who fought in World War I. Sadly, some were killed and I took that philosophy. Plus, my father was um, a Peel Commissioner for a long time. I think he was chair of the commissioners on two occasions. So yes, growing up, um, local politics was very big in in our household and I I did feel the need to to vote. And I started my career in the Treasury when I left school. So um, obviously I was working for government at the time. So yes, I I don't think I've ever missed a vote. Uh, Would you say this kind of feeling of importance and the necessity to go and vote was either carried out through your generation or was followed on to future generations? I, I suppose there was apathy amongst the younger generation. You, you tend to, you're getting on with life um, and politics sometimes isn't a very sexy topic, but I, I think we need, and we have done an awful lot more as, as a government to encourage people to take an interest in politics. So how do you feel your administration has engaged the youth in politics? 
Well, first and foremost, we've gone out and worked with the Department of Education, Sport and Culture, and we've got various programmes in place that school head teachers have all been approached to come up with um, a programme that um, can work with the younger generation in the schools to explain politics, what's going on, the importance of it. And as a result of that project, I think we've seen an increase in registrations of people under 18 of nearly 300 people as a result of that programme. It's, it's learn, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so do you feel that the youth are adequately informed then ahead of the general election? From a, a self-preservation point of view, I think there's 5,500 people in the 18 to 25 category and just under 1,000, I think it's 938 or, or thereabouts in the 16 and 17-year-old bracket. So they have the potential to, to swing. Therefore, it's incredibly important that your generation does get out there and vote and, and ask candidates, and instead of just accepting what they're told, because everyone will say they'll give you exactly what they want, I think the important question is, how do you intend to fund your promises? In 2018, um, 34% of 260 young people on the island uh, knew as the chief minister, whereas in 2021, 84% of around 175 young people knew as the chief minister. Do you think this would have still increased if it wasn't for the COVID-19 briefings? The, the COVID-19 briefings obviously have helped. There's, there's no doubt about that because it's, it's made people want your health is at risk. <laughs> people have wanted to take an interest. I think one of the benefits of COVID-19 is that we went down the live broadcasts and in, uh, that benefited government and, and, and my team in a way that if we made a mistake, you could all see it live. But if we got our facts and our messaging out, you could see it yourself and then you could decide yourselves whether you liked what we were saying, uh, whether you agreed with what we were saying and whether you agreed with what we were doing. And I, I think the Howard O'Clock, um, it, it, it's quite bizarre. Everywhere I go, I'm regularly stopped by people. And what's really pleasing is that the younger generation um, know me incredibly well and I'm asked for lots of selfies and even, even little toddlers come up and point out to me Howard O'Clock sort of thing. It's, it's a bit bizarre, but I'm really pleased that we've been able to connect with the younger generation. That is one good thing that's come out of, of COVID and I hope that my successor will carry on, maybe not once a week, but uh, as a means of communicating with, with, with the public, doing a live broadcast, just letting people know what is happening on the island, giving government's take, the media then ask their questions and then you can decide whether you agree or, or, or disagree. And it's quite a, I, I think that's, has worked exceptionally well for the last year and a half and I hope that going forward it will continue. That was the outgoing Chief Minister Howard Quayle there speaking about the importance of the youth getting out to the ballot box and how he finds it absolutely bizarre that the youth all now know him and want a selfie. That's certainly something that we forgot to do in our interview Oliver. Absolutely, we'll have to interview him again in that case. Well that concludes our findings on youth engagement ahead of this year's election. It's been quite the journey. We found that the youth are still wanting more engagement from our island's politicians and that they don't feel they've had enough political education to make a properly informed decision. Hopefully in the next term of office, our island's politicians will do more to get the youth involved. But the most important thing now to do is get out and vote. You may think that your individual vote is inconsequential, that you have no voice and that no one is listening. However, much that may seem the case, on the island things are different. A small number of votes can have a large impact. 
Take the 2015 Glenfarber and Peel by-election for example. The winning candidate won by only three votes. This continued into the last election, where a number of constituencies were decided by a mere handful. To use an analogy, would you expect to win a football match if seven players had decided to take the day off due to weather? Certainly not, and the same really does apply for voting. It gives you the power to decide who makes the policy that affects you, your family, your friends and the island. Well, that is all from us. We hope you've enjoyed listening. If you have any questions or comments about the topics discussed in this programme, please do get in touch with us from Manx Radio. We'd love to hear your thoughts. In the meantime, read, question and vote. Vastamai. Guramai. This programme was presented and produced by Ultra Sykes and Archbishop.